the final episode of TARDIS Tropes for this season of Doctor Who. I'm Hannah. I'm your companion, David, and we have our extra tagalong companion with us. Say hello. Hey, I'm Victor. I'm like that guy, Adam, from season one. I only show up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> or you're like Jack Harkness, who just showed up once in this season. Once. Beware the lone Cyberman. All right, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> all right oh, um yeah it, it's the finale and i i'm really experiencing the joys of the new main character of the show brendan, brendan <laughs> i mean space. yeah brendan's whole thing is kind of com- compelling Br- brendan Bildbrain. we finally have the answer to the question doctor who <laughs> <laughs> who is the doctor brendan <laughs> Just some random Irish guy from uh, the the 20th century. <laughs> yeah. I I just, I don't know what to say about this, you know, these episodes, but well, I guess we should just dive right in. Yeah, let, let's start with episode nine, Ascension of the Cybermen, um, which kind of picks up, I guess, exactly where we left off from episode eight. Well, we have the continued idea that that Chibnall doesn't know how to do a cold open, right? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, but th- this wasn't a... T- like, it starts in the middle of the action. It, it has momentum. No, it moment. doesn't. It starts with just a close-up on rubble and then voiceover uh, right, saying, right. we lost the cyber war, yeah, but then that which is dead can live again in that the hands of a believer. can never die. Yeah, yeah it-, it was literally <laughs> Valor Margulis or something. Well, the, the, I won't get into the specifics, but yeah. But but afterwards it does cut into like Team TARDIS like freaking out about the Cybermen, right? Like and them flying over to save the day. No, no they just the kind of credits. show up. Like they barely They fly them. in and then they the first thing that we learn is that there's seven humans left, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then my immediate thought is like just get in the TARDIS. Just everyone yeah. get in the fucking just get in the TARDIS. There's only seven of you. You yeah. can all fit in the TARDIS. But also and the, that's what ends up happening anyway. <laughs> the Doctor could save so many people. The TARDIS is infinitely big. There's so many times where the Doctor could have just stuffed everyone in the TARDIS. Right, but I mean, you can understand, okay, well, everyone has to enter basically single file one at a time, and there isn't necessarily, like, living quarters for all of them. There's just literal space for them to stand. So, I mean, it kind of becomes, like, trying to f- pack everybody like sardines into a boat to safety. But, like, still, seven people, like, just take them to the past and then go come back with an army or take right. them to the future after the Cybermen have been destroyed or have rotted away or something. Right. Like, just take them somewhere. And then the whole point is just to get them from point A to point B to safety because they're not really trying to defeat the Cybermen. They're just trying well, to get them. Well, no, but the Cybermen do have the Cyberillium at this point. Cyberium. I'm going to call it Cyberillium. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the unobtainium cyberillium. No, the unobtainium <laughs> is the death particle. Yeah. The death particle. Which it's a so, particle of it's, death. It's so fucking dumb and we'll get to it. And it's it's fine. It's not fine. But, but first we'll we gotta there. learn about Brendan. <sighs> I don't know. I like do you guys hate the Brendan parts? I don't I hate Brendan. Brendan. <laughs> I didn't hate Brendan. I felt indifferent towards Brendan. I thought it was kind of a decent, like 
hook. Like, it, I was yeah. like, I, I was thinking this is probably going to be the doctor somehow. I wasn't sure how, but I, I you know, that's what I thought it would be. But it did, it, it was a good mystery. I thought he was going to end up being the lone Cyberman. <laughs> that's that's the other what I, I thought, thought too. Yeah, I thought, I, and I thought, I thought there that wasn't was... a mystery. There was no misdirect. There was no like, you know, there was no red herrings in there. It was literally right. just like there once was an adopted baby and he led the most boring life of any human being ever until he fell off cop. a cliff and survived. Yeah. And then when he retired, they hooked him up to an electroshock therapy machine to cure him of his uh of his memories yeah i mean that's a mystery because like they're clearly the same age that they were when he was like a child so right but is it really a mystery if it turns out that just the tv was lying to you and none of it actually happened no it ends up not being a mystery but before they (laughs) decide to make that twist it's engaging yeah, it's engaging, I would say. Well, the whole point of a mystery is you're supposed to sort of imply a connection between what's happening and then cut away. This is just a complete rehash of um, Dr. Moon from uh, Silence in the Library. I mean, sure, like, it's Doctor Who. Everything's been done one way or another, but I, I feel like this is very derivative of that. I mean, in a season of derivative rehashes, I don't think this one is uh, that much of a yeah. Right, but the point is, it's just like, oh, what is, you know, what's going on? There's this random child, and it looks like Earth. I don't know. What? I think, but we're I in think... space, so how are these things related? And then for I this one, Dr. it turns Moon... out that they're not. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I think Doctor Moon actually had like more like connective tissue to the main plot in Silence of That's the what Library I'm than this yeah. does. Like, this has I, no connective tissue whatsoever. Which is disappointing, but, you know, going into this episode, I didn't know that it wasn't going to have any connective tissue. So before right, it let me down... the whole point was down, that Dr. Moon had connective tissue from the beginning. At the very beginning, sure. she sees on the TV that what, what the doctor is seeing. And right. the doctor looks into a camera, and she's seeing it on the TV. So you're already like, whoa, how is it connected? And the fact that know. it's sort of a representation, it's a digital simulacrum is not like a really disappointing twist in silence in the library but here it's just like oh it was just a coded message from the matrix being beamed into the doctor's brain by the master but we we also don't get any like any signs that any of these flashbacks are like happening to the doctor while the events of the episode are happening. You know, they're just right. sort the of like the doctor's not reacting in. to them and being like who's who's beaming stuff into my head. Right. Yeah. Or like why am I seeing this? Like there's there it's just like entirely disconnected from the episode, which is like what kept baffling me and led me to thinking like this has got to be like the lone Cyberman's like backstory or something. Yeah. Uh, but the no, right. it's and it's, not. It's also just weird that well, we don't we don't return to it again at the beginning of the next episode or anything. Right. It doesn't come up until the mystery is revealed. So it's like mm-hmm. completely dropped as a plot point and then brought back just to resolve. Yeah, which you know I think is true of many elements of <laughs> the events of the Timeless Children. Um, but 
Okay. So anyway, the cyber war, right? We got to talk about. Yeah. Okay. I will say this one last thing about the Brendan subplot. I somehow did care more about like whatever the mystery was going to be with Brandon than anything that happened to these seven people <laughs> that we made in Cyber War. so ill-defined. It is the classic Chibnall side character syndrome. Right. Yeah. They're all nothing. Can you name any of them? The, nope. the only one that even stands out uh, like that I can remember what their face looks like is the old man with the beard. And he's definitely the most defined, but it's really just... Know. yeah. His name was Ko Sharmas. I wrote it down. He's just kind of this mythic old man figure. And so, like, I think that's, you know, it's a pretty cheap, like, uh, it's a pretty easy thing. And his development was fucking fantastic. Do you remember how that arc ends? Uh, Genocide! It turns out out that he was the guy... It turns out that he was the guy who had released the Siberium into the past, but he just, like, miscalculated and sent it back in time not far enough to get it away from the Cybermen. Well, it's not a literal miscalculation in terms of that he got the, like, he got the time calculations wrong. I think it's just that he figured, okay, if I send it back to the 1800s, there's no way the Cybermen will get that. And uh, But there were Cybermen there, so he did it wrong. Well, because they went back well, in time Well, because they time-traveled. Yeah. Wait, did they time travel? Yeah. Or, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was just cyber... that they were space Cybermen, like from Mondas. No, no they time traveled. The lone Cybermen time traveled. Oh, well then, yeah, that was a stupid plan to time travel it then. Because yeah. the idea of the lone Cybermen, as I understand it, is that the lone Cybermen is the sole survivor of the cyber war, and he's going to re- well, resurrect. Wait, why do, why do Cybermen even have time travel? Good fucking question. Not and if so, answered. why didn't they just in, all invade the past when people had no weapons to yeah, fight well, back? I mean, in, in Good that question. Defense, it's extremely inconsistent what species do and do not have time travel. Sometimes it's just the Time Lords. Sometimes it's the Time Lords and the Daleks. Sometimes it's humans. Uh, well, it can't be sometimes because it it is literally. Yeah, but the, I mean, all tr- three of those. But, it, but I've just all- never seen the Cybermen with time travel before. No, but what I'm saying is, like, it's often the case where, uh, you know, often will act as if the, only the Time Lords can time travel. And uh, the Daleks usually are capable of time traveling as well, but it's not always portrayed. Like, they're also often trying to get the TARDIS because they want to time travel. There, there's a lot of inconsistency in Doctor Who. All right, that's a fair point. About it. <sighs> it's They don't really grapple with it, but no. I guess neither did Moffat and neither did Russell, so I can't blame Chibis for it. <laughs> God. Can we talk about cyber drones? Oh god, so stupid. Yeah. Like they're just robot heads. It's, yeah. It's dumb. So like, I don't know, it's like why why do the Cybermen need human bodies? Parts. It seems well, like they can just make robots. Well, yeah, that's, that's like the the lone Cyberman's like ultimate plan though, isn't it? To just like Right, but like what's stopping robots? him? You know? I don't like know. what's stopping him from just making robots? Well, well yeah, it doesn't really make sense because I feel like the thing about Cybermen in terms of like why people fall into becoming Cybermen, like the origin story is always like, you know, they they want someone wants to live forever or extend their own life because yeah. they're dying. And like so it's yeah, you lose your humanity but you get to live indefinitely. Whereas exactly. this is literally just about, like, they're going to sacrifice, they're going to die in order for a future race of robots to live. Right, and I mean, I like, the the thing that I like most about this episode is that the Master just listens to that and is like, wow, that's a stupid plot 
that would be really boring. <laughs> but the his ma- proposed plot that he gives instead is not that much better. So no. we'll, yeah, we'll, I, we'll I, get there. I, I'll definitely <laughs> say the master was my favorite thing about this two-parter for sure, easily. Yeah. Right, but at least you know, like at least he seems to understand the Cybermen more than Chris Chibnall does overall. Right. <laughs> yeah. More than the lone Cyberman does. Uh, but yeah, I like so... that the Doctor also refers to the the lone Cyberman as like a self hating <laughs> Cyberman. Uh, yeah. But I hate the like clearly like Chris being like, "Ah, oh, look how clever I am!" Like. <laughs> Going like, I don't know. I'm uh, fine with attempts this... to be clever, even when you're not. You know, I'm a, no, I'm but, a Steve but Moffat like, fan. But it's like the calling it out where he's like, "Oh, you're such a like a, a swarm of contradictions. Like you want to be a Cyberman, but you help, hate yourself. Like you're such you're such an interesting villain." And it's like, no, he's not. Like, well, I don't know if it was that, but it was more just like show. the Doctor is so smart for having figured it out, which he's not. But like. At least she's deducing something without just literally asking the that's, villain, and then the villain tells her. That's fair enough. Although uh, that's what I, the master does for this whole time, is just explains his plan in great detail. Yeah. God, Jodie does, like, nothing in The Timeless Children. It's really... No, that's not true. She does She does the most important thing. She what thinks a, really hard and she thinks, Oh, God. She does it, a brain blast. She literally <laughs> does a brain blast. And, like, the worst... TV montage I've seen in like a long time, like that. Clip. I don't know. Did you hate it in Eleventh Hour? Um, probably no. I didn't it's hate it in Eleventh Hour. 11th hour. I mean, it's, it's way, way better there. Resonant for sure. It's emotionally resonant, and it's not like swirling around her like a seventies psychedelic like nonsense trip. <laughs> like it's like it just the, the whole presentation of it. Was such Victor, you like psychedelic stuff. So. Yeah, I love psychedelic stuff. I, I didn't think it was offensive. I thought it was fine. I was like, oh, it's been a minute since we've done a montage where we're the whole show. And it was kind of... Uh, it, it, was it, just... it was a little bit... Uh, not disjointed. Uh, damn it, I, I, I've been stuck on this word all day. I cannot remember it. Anyway... It was a bit. It was a bit <laughs> off-putting because it was just like, oh right, this is the same show technically that I've been watching. Uh, which like that. My biggest thing about the finale was like, as a, its own standalone piece of fan fiction. Like if it was fan fiction, I'd be like, yeah, that was a pretty entertaining piece of fan fiction. But as a <laughs> as a fan of the show, this is terrible continuity change. This is this is awful. Uh, well, it just it just feels like fan fiction, especially when we get. And this is jumping ahead quite a bit, but the the Cybermasters. I mean, that is okay. the most fanficy thing. I kind of and I'm love not sure if I can define what I mean by fanficy, but holy shit! I I said I kind of like the Cybermasters. Like, but I, they are fanficy. Um, I guess, but like some of the best parts of Doctor Who are kind of fanficy, like And some you know? of the worst. Like remember the human Dalek hybrids? Uh okay, yes. Like fair okay. enough. This was better remember, than, the, than the Dalek hybrids. Yeah. Say, right. Sure. I remember like the um the the oh god, the uh the weeping angels that were also like New York statues. Okay, yes. The little that baby was, ones. That was like, very bad. Sometimes Doctor Who can be a show that feels like it's written by a 12-year-old, and I think that this is a good example of that. Even if it is kind of cool and interesting of an idea, 
the, the, the idea of Cybermen that are Gallifreyan so they can regenerate, which is apparently something that you want from a Cyberman. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll agree. I mean, if you're building an army, yeah. I, I mean, I'll agree that it's 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 a little bit dumb in that Cyber like the point of Cybermen is that they're immortal and Time Lords are already immortal, so it's just kind of. And these Time Lords the, are dead, so why can they regenerate? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, to me. that's actually very true. Like, if the whole point is that this makes them immortal, well, okay, Cybermen aren't immortal, and and Time Lords aren't immortal. They can both be killed. Yeah, that's uh, hard. So why is the combination of the two suddenly immortal? Well, because well, now you need to kill Cybermen 12 times in order to kill them. Right, but why? Why Why is regenerating able to regenerate the machinery? And, and, I, and I think from that perspective, season, the season 8 finale does a much more interesting, although somewhat uh logically nonsensical well the season eight thing was they're dead bodies but they have actual live human minds implanted into them so what that implies is that what makes a cyberman different from a robot is that it has a human soul it's just being restricted and you know forced into a cage well what what, what i'm saying is that in the season eight one it's it's also logically nonsensical because it's just like okay well why not just build an army of robots at that point if you're you know, storing these memories. No, but apparently, but the idea is that they're not robots. They're sentient. They think for themselves, and that makes them dangerous because the human mind is dangerous in and of itself. But, 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 Especially but I, when stripped of emotion. But what I was getting at was that even though I think there's some logical inconsistencies in the season eight premise, it is a premise that I think is a lot more related to the inherent interesting stuff about Cybermen, about death yeah, and, I agree. and all that stuff. Whereas this is... It is a little. It's definitely very gimmicky. I think it's fine. I think it's kind of a cool twist. Uh, no, you know. I don't like it because what, I mean, <laughs> what what makes them different from robots? Self healing robots, sure, but nothing. lots of robots can self repair. I mean, nothing. They're just cool self repairing robots in this but, take of them. But the the design is cool. I like the design. Yeah. I, and I mean, I, I I don't know. Do you want to go back first to explain more of the context before we keep talking about this, or should uh, I just... <laughs> I mean, we're just on the topic of, okay. now? Okay, yeah. So, but, so, yeah. So I mean, the thing is, I also just liked, and David disagreed with me this, but I, I did find the master to be pretty interesting and compelling in this episode because I think it's oh well, I thought you were still going to be talking about the robots. Yeah, if yeah, we're going to switch to a totally well, different topic. No, let's no, go no, back. It is, it is the robots. It is the robots. I, I was going to say okay because the the robots are you know about extending like leaving his own mark on the time lord race and changing it in the way that the doctor changed the gallifreyans and i think that's kind of interesting and like his desire to uh develop a new race and to modify the time lords uh sure you can read it that way or you can read it as he wanted another army which is what he does every time Mm -hmm. and he got an army and then what he really wants is for uh the doctor to kill him like the Joker. You know, remember in Dark Knight when Joker was like, I want you to kill me. You're going to have to break your rule. Then you'll be at my level. And then Batman's like, no, I can't kill you. That's what this is now. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, the master is very Joker-like in every incarnation. And I think this master more so than But others, this like, is so this, on the yeah, nose yeah. with no, it. No, it I, really I, I, hurts I, I, me to watch. I, I, I agree that this master is really Jokery, uh, But... The, the master literally says, kill me, become death, become but, me. But I, I do think that, like, in leaning into the Jokerness, there's some really fun and kind of interesting moments with this master in this episode specific. 
one of the moments that stuck out to me was just the uh, the moment where the master takes that gamble on whether or not the death particle is going to activate, and he's like, "Oh, I'm kind of bummed that it didn't." And that it didn't. Yeah, just die. he's he's really like fatalistic and like clearly even more just ready to like die and and like I don't know the I think the actor does a really great job of kind of portraying some of the like extra desperation and sadness that that's sort of going on with the master in, in these episodes but I I think ultimately you know plot dictates his actions are still kind of dumb and <laughs> a little nonsensical for the most part I, I don't know I think I think because what you're saying is like you're right. The master, the master's plot, like motives, are pretty similar to what it traditionally motivates the master. But on top of that, I don't know. I I think it's pretty compelling that if you found out that your best friend was like the the founder of your race, that you would feel, and you're as egotistical and obsessive as the master is, uh, that would probably fuck with you a lot. I, I don't know. I would like if I found out one of you two was the first humans, and that like I only exist because you're what made humans intelligent. <laughs> I'd feel really weird about it. I feel really <laughs> awkward. Yeah, but would you want to like genocide the whole human race? No, like, but if I'm already you an know. evil lunatic that's like obsessed with this individual. But that's the point, right? You don't have to justify the master's motivations in any like realistic way anymore because we just accept. Oh, he's crazy. And I don't like that. Honestly, I found Sasha's performance, and I can't really justify this as opposed to other masters, uh-huh. but I just found his performance really cringy here. Really? Um, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think there were moments that were pretty over the top and just like a little, uh, like a shade beyond campy into, Yeah, it's I not guess even like a campy call... scale, you know? It's just literally like, sometimes like I just found cringy. myself cringing at him, like he's just... He, it looks like he's just playing like a mentally ill person instead of. I, I don't know. I think I think John Sims' master also was pretty cringy at parts. I, right, I, like I, I said, I can't really justify why I don't see the other masters this way, but I just there are just some moments that made me cringe, like David, just some lines David, that he had. It's very simple. It's because you're racist. <sighs> yeah, I forgot. I always forget about that. I always forget I'm racist. <laughs> um, All right. I mean, I I will say. <laughs> I just always keep his hair is just like always in his face, and like that is very frustrating <laughs> to me. I'm like, just take your hand and push your hair back. I want to see you act. Yeah, and I wanna get some see hair gel, like your hair. you know, or Truly. dye your dye your hair a ridiculous color and turn yourself into Skeletor, like a yeah. real master. <laughs> so like that's what I'm. I, I, it's not about camp. It's just I don't know. There's something about the performance that makes me cringe. Um, All right. Um, I, I like it for the most part, though. I agree that yeah, at certain points it's not bad. it, it veers. It's, it's better than a lot of the villains we've gotten this season. It's easily right. the best villain in the Chimalera. Easily. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And the most handsome. What? Um... <laughs> and the most handsome by far. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Me. Are you so... guys forgetting Toothface? <laughs> Toothface? <laughs> season 11's hottest bachelor, Toothface. So I like um, in the when when the doctor's fighting the Cybermen that she intro, like reintroduces all of the things that we've seen the doctor use to defeat Cybermen in the past. Mm-hmm. So like an emotion ray that makes them want to kill themselves and the gold <laughs> particle ray and the force field. I, but I mean, were, were you guys disappointed when all those things just immediately blow up? I did. Yeah. I was disappointed because 
Jodie Whittaker is Doctor. She feels a little bit more like a Doctor to me this season than season 11. Like, I am yep. trying to buy it, but she's still the most incompetent, the weakest, and the most, like, just unrootable Doctor. She's my least favorite by far. And, uh, you know, it's it's just... She's just not a good doctor. She's and the only thing that she's good at is making bombs really quickly and then throwing yeah. them and then running away. Or using she her does mind. that. That's her next move after the 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 gold ray gets blown up. Is she just makes a bomb? Yeah. Yeah. Like so much of episode nine is literally just running from the Cybermen, and it's so uninteresting. You know, like it's well, just. The Team TARDIS split up between, you know, two groups of these side characters, half of whom die, and, you know, they get, like, trapped, like, Yaz and Graham get trapped on a, like, a Cyberman ship. And is it is it in episode 9 or episode 10 where Graham and Yaz have, like, the weird conversation with each other, where here's, like... That was in 10. You're, you're, that's in 10? He's just, like, can we yeah, talk about that? Graham says to Yaz, you're the best uh, person uh, I've yeah. ever met because, like, you're just like a normal lady, but you're never scared of anything. And then and really Yaz brave. is like, you're not so bad yourself. And then he's like, what? I'm That's way it. better than not so bad. I'm very offended. Yeah, she's like, no, I'm from was... a place. That's God. the love letter. That's what happens when you just don't have characters for two seasons. Uh... Oh, you know what I liked <laughs> about Graham this time? Um, what? Was uh, that he used Cockney rhyming slang? Yeah, that was that's it. But <laughs> okay, was <laughs> but was I, like I the only was I the only one who picked up on the that they're like trying to do like a romance thing with like yeah or not yes um, with Graham and like the one survivor lady. Yeah, like I don't it, know if I, I can never tell when they're going for something anymore. Oh, because I, I think I noticed that. If they were going for romance things, you'd think they would have put Ryan and Yaz together, but they decidedly did not. Right. So like I guess that, they were never really going for that. That whole plot line has been entirely dropped. But maybe it was never there at all. Maybe it was all in our heads. No, I have no idea what's an intentional show is gaslighting romantic us subplot. Now. Yeah, maybe Chibs just gaslights. Um. <laughs> Or maybe he has a five-season plan for Yaz and, and Ryan falling in love, but... Season, okay. season 13 is just going to be nothing but shipping. Forget. When they're yeah. being chased by the Cybermen, do you guys remember the music cue that starts where it just goes like, boom, cat, boom, boom, cat, boom, cat. Do you remember this? No. No. It just starts making, like, boom, clang noises. It's just, like, the sound of metal, but it's very rhythmic, Yo, and it okay. was, like, a jam. It was it was a jam. It was a jam. I'll have to go back and listen. Maybe if we're But did they only feeling... use it once when the Cybermen are chasing them? And it's supposed to be like metallic rock or something. I don't know what it is supposed to be. Oh my gosh. Um there's a lot of the doctor talking to herself, but they lampshade it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a note I had. Because yeah. she's still talking to herself when she's, like, on the ship, and she's talking about, like, oh, this is a cyber warp, which makes it tricky, unless you're me, which I am, which is good, because I used to do this a lot when I was a teenager, even though I was never a teenager. You know, it's like, what are you, who are you talking to, and what are you talking about? I mean, technically, she right. definitely was a teenager at some point. <laughs> I don't know what she said. I couldn't track it. Yeah. She was um, just babbling to no one about nothing. I mean, when the other doctors talk at length, there's usually somebody there to be like, 
what are you talking about? Or like to, you know, question them on the things that they say. But everyone just kind of ignores the doctor when she goes into homeless woman mode. Yeah. And, and when the doctor does talk to himself, I think there's usually more of a... In previous incarnations, it's more of like a coping mechanism. Like, And I think we see that most clearly in Heaven Sent. Right. Uh, or something like that. And I, I, I guess we do see that somewhat in this episode, especially once she's in the... In the well, I mean, like, talk. in Heaven Sent, we're not just, he's not just talking at length, we're hearing his thought process, Well, but there, whereas this is just like, what? But, I he mean, the doctor, right, but we're hearing his thought process, we're, we're sure. learning new information, yeah. it's not just literally babbling while you're saying, I'm fixing right. the warp, I'm fixing it, the warp. Exactly, that's, that's the real difference, is that in past seasons and past incarnations of the Doctor and with past writers, they use the babble to, you know, usually it's some techno babble that sort of explains what's happening, but, you know, it's used as, like, following a thought process or coming to a conclusion or actually, like, moving the plot forward in some way, whereas with Jody, it's just, like, random, like throw words at the wall spaghetti yeah. you know it's it's like not it never comes to a point or when it does it's like this point came out of literally nowhere there again there's just no connective tissue to anything else that was happening yeah i mean jody's performance sometimes feels like someone who saw like one scene of matt like, smith flanderized <laughs> matt smith and then like was like okay that's who the doctor is right Um, so, uh, we've got character development in this one for Ryan. Oh my god, I can't with the fucking... So, so first oh, of all, shit. there's a moment where he gets, he, he, he's following Co Charmus, the old guy, into his weapons stash, and he's like, I don't know how to feel about weapons. Because if you remember in Ghost Monument, back in season uh, 11, episode one, episode 2, uh, he was the guy who grabbed the gun and said, I'm really good at Call of Duty. And then he runs out there <laughs> and starts shooting people. But That's now true. he's like, I'm, uh, I'm not so sure about guns. Only bombs for me. Yeah, it's so <laughs> stupid. Because literally the episode starts, like the first part of the episode, starts with the doctor building these defenses that will kill Cybermen. Right. Right. But guns are bad. Bombs are good. And death particles are the best things of all. Yeah. Um, it's all ridiculous. But I thought you were going to say the fucking follow through from the opening please, episode. Please explain it. Please with, explain with, it. With the basketball. Because in, the, in yes. the opening, he shoots the basketball. Do you guys remember the it, basketball? And it doesn't go in. But then in this one, he throws the bomb like a basketball, and it goes off, and all the Cybermen die. And he's like... And he says, Woo! slam dunk, swoosh, no, nothing, nothing but, but net. net. <laughs> and I was like, I cannot believe that this is, like, their, like, character moment for Ryan from all of this. Like, this is the Well, I mean, dumbest. it's just it was done so much better in season one. If you recall, in the in the pilot episode, Rose... Rose is a gymnast, remember? No. And she uses gymnastics to kill the plastic thing. There you go. I just, I just, so, I don't understand why they cannot make <laughs> four main characters work. <laughs> like, every or other show just have... do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
or just at least have distinct personalities. Yeah. Like, you know, like just I think only they get feel the a little bit more distinct now, but it just, when <laughs> Graham is telling Yaz that she's the best person he's ever met, it just seems so hollow because she's done also, nothing. Like, yeah. One, it's, she's done nothing, but also it's like, shouldn't he be having this conversation with, like, Ryan or something? You know, yeah. like, his, like, adoptive grandson? Like, Well, like, no, the reason that that scene exists is because Graham and Ryan have had scenes. Ryan and Yaz have had scenes because they have a fake romance that goes nowhere. Uh-huh. But Graham and Yaz, I don't think they've literally ever shared a scene together. Well, well that's what I'm fucking saying. Like, this shit's not complicated. They just don't talk to each other. They don't interact, and so they don't get a chance to ever develop. Like... Right. Well, we got we're, we got to develop these seven yeah. randos that get introduced yeah, I mean, in every it, like, single episode, it is and they all get killed. Three different plot threads that have to come together in time for a really boring resolution to a non mystery. Yeah, like I mean, that's how every episode works. I mean, like it is true that Doctor Who has a unique challenge in that it's basically both. It's unique in that it's an anthology show and it's not an anthology show. And so, yeah. like, you do have to introduce a whole new set of characters and story. Yeah, it's Twilight makes... Zone if Rod Serling was the main character of every episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there are very few shows like that, and so it does make it difficult to have more characters. But, I mean, like, you know, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Other seasons have been able to pull off, you know, season six had Amy, Rory, and River effectively as companions, with River being just a part-time companion, but... Right. All of those characters got way more development than any of the companions that have in two seasons. Right. And the Doctor got a lot more development. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Although I do think the, the Doctor did... They did a significantly better job on the Doctor this season. I, she has at least some... Well, it's okay, an improvement well, we're about on, to get there, I think, but, like... Yeah. I, I'll let's say... Let's talk about the Doctor's internal struggle in this episode. I mean, none of it is telegraphed at all she reacts to nothing the end like so she's the the master traps her in this paralysis field on gallifrey which they got to through a random portal yeah the portal just is there for plot convenience reasons no sense it's fine Oh yeah, they literally um, do. They never explain that. Is there not even like a throwaway line that the master? No, they're just like we, a throwaway we line. discovered the boundary as we were like fleeing the cyber wars and like that. Right, was but about is there it. an explanation for why the boundary leads to Gallifrey? Well, it opens to random like different places. You know, it's never the same place. Um, no, but they said that the master did this on purpose. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I, it's it doesn't it's just matter. a random plot convenience. That you could explain with Technobabble or not. It doesn't matter. But the point is, the Master is like, I got you, Doctor. Get into my paralysis field. (laughs) Which is really just a field that makes you stand kind of still. But you can still kind of move and blink and talk. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's a weird paralysis field. (laughs) Also, the Um, way they shot all of Jodie's scenes like while she's inside of it. Half the time, they have the like fucking ring... Like, because it's just made up of a bunch of, like, floating hula hoop rings, basically. Um, Like, covering her face. And I'm like, excuse me, I would like to see, like, how this is having an effect on the doctor. Like, why? Right, but she's paralyzed anyway, so you can't, you can't, But she was still emoting, that's the thing. Like, (laughs) she's emoting, and they're, like, covering her face with these, like, floating silver rings. And you're just like, why? What is going on? Okay, I remember some of the cringy lines from the master now. 
Okay. Um, what? He said, I'll roll out the red carpet. Oh, it's yeah. red because it's covered in the blood of our people. I that like that felt, line. No, I, I like am that. with you 100%, David. That was like the most fan fiction-y line in the entire thing. No, like, I thought it's it was like... so... And then he said, uh, once upon a time, well, once upon several times. Yeah, I like this shit. It's campy. It's Doctor Who. You know, the master says shit like that. I mean, John Sims said some wacky shit, too. I mean, so is Miss... All right, give an example right now. Uh, well, Something what, as stupid as I'll roll out the red carpet, it's I, red because it's covered in the blood of our I people. I think the actor did a good job delivering that line. I thought eh. his, his... Right, no, he did a fantastic job. It's just the line is so cringy, you can't... Um, I mean, I, I haven't seen John Sims Master in, in a minute, but, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he did turn to Skeletor. Uh, yeah, that was fucking he, great. He, he did, I loved he it. Did say, oh, yeah, that's true. He, he did say... He did the, mm, meats and gristle and mm, and gum, yum, 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 yum. Yeah. That was pretty he, great. He also did say, it's time for the human race to become the master race. Uh, uh, but that was the yeah. best. The difference between that and this is that that was the best and this is the worst. Um, he also did say, here come <laughs> the drums, and then have the song, here come the drums, here come the drums, play. Uh, yeah, that was pretty good. You know, so I, I'm just saying. You're, you're describing all of my favorite things about the Johnson, the <laughs> but Johnson I, Master. What I'm saying is that they're all stupid, too. I like the covered in blood line. I think it's fun. I think he has a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't know why it doesn't work for me, but it just doesn't. I think, like, to me, David, like, I I think that's one of his more jokery deliveries, where he's just, like, laughing and, like, sweaty while he (laughs) says it. It's like, I'm uncomfortable being in the same room with you right now, you know? Like... So, I, like, my my thing is, like, I think, uh... John Sims is generally better written because I think Russell's a much better writer than Chibnall. But mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I, I do think that... Uh, Sasha does a good job. Sasha does a good job performing of playing yes. like the most lunatic version of the Master. Like the most absolutely sure. lunatic version. And I also think that this is by far the best written that he's been in the Chibnall era. Like I think this is much better than a Skyfall appearance. Yeah, no, I agree with yeah. that. Um, He's so, definitely doing like more actual mastery kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, to to me it was by by far. I also I also just like the master because he reminded me a lot of in ter- not in terms of his character but just in terms of the plotting uh, of to the uh, Lex Luthor in Justice League Unlimited because at the end of season one of Justice League Unlimited he pairs with Brainiac and becomes and like absorbs himself into Brainiac to have all of yeah guys just bear with Victor for a second this is his obsession with this <laughs> children's show that I also like but but he has a special connection and, to Justice and then, League and then Unlimited two of Justice League he wants to get <laughs> he wants to get the uh, the anti life matter formula which is basically the death yep. particle. So yep. I, I was just like, oh, so Chibnall got, you know, really high and watched How to Just League Unlimited Marathon. And then <laughs> I'm so sure that he stuff. he watched that show. No, he didn't. Come oh, on. Yeah. I, I was a huge nerd. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's, right, it's but not he was not a the... child in All the right. early 2000s. <laughs> All right. I, I, have a, okay, I have a question. So... Because, Victor, you know more about, like, the deep lore of Doctor Who than I do. Is is the introduction of the race of the Sheboygans like Sheboygan Wisconsin? Yeah. <laughs> is that is yeah, that yeah? That's classic who. That's, that's classic who. Okay. And, and it is referenced in the Capaldi era. He has like a throwaway line about it was the Sheboygans. 
What? Oh, God. British people in the 70s, y'all crazy. Calling them the Sheboygans. What a, what, lager. What a, all right. So, I, I, you know, we're 40 minutes into this podcast now. Like, I think it's time to address the timeless child in the room. That's oh the big reveal. The timeless child. It's the doctor. The doctor's the timeless the, child. Of course right? it is. We knew that from the beginning, didn't we? <laughs> I mean, literally, uh, didn't the the cloth people call her the timeless child last season? Was they re- they said, "I see into your memories, doctor, even those that you've hidden from yourself." Something. Fuck. The timeless you know, child. That means that Chibnall has actually been planning this out, which means that he he really is just. No, he hasn't been planning this out. Are you kidding me? It was a that was the most box. vague thing. It could have meant anything. It's even worse than Bad Wolf. It's bad. It's it's definitely worse than Bad Wolf because they only brought it up once a season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The yeah. timeless but child. Simply timeless. Timeless doesn't even mean anything. It doesn't even work no, as a well, well, as an adjective. Well, because well, the idea is that the Doctor is actually like this truly ancient being, even more so than we thought. So in that way, and like we don't even know how old the Doctor is because they came from another dimension. It is possible the Doctor is timeless and that they are forever. Uh, and they also <laughs> travel. The Doctor's time. literally a universal constant. Oof. I listen. I don't know. Uh, timeless, but timeless. Timeless just means like, you know, sort of out of time. You know, like a perfectly, you know. Uh, I don't know. Let's look up the dictionary definition of timeless. Uh, I think you will find <laughs> a picture of the 1966 album Revolver. What? Webster's Dictionary defines timeless as. I I, I mean. Like, <laughs> I don't think we need to look up the definition. I, I like, how, how do we feel about... it's about fashion, right? Like, it's not about time travel. It's about fashion. Well, but also, oh, that's no. timeless. But the Doctor is what? out of time. Like, the Doctor is... Yeah. Out. And she's very fashionable. Uh, I... <laughs> debatable. But, um... Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, she's not. But, no, like, I... you know, it's like... Uh, like this is a timeless dinnerware set. I mean, timeless child. In terms of in terms of the lore, I mean, clearly this is extremely stupid and immature and not particularly <laughs> compelling, and it totally ruins the canon of the entire show. Even like more so than probably anything in the show has done up what, until this point. What's like the biggest canon thing that this is just like obliterated? Let me think. I don't think opinion. it really does so, impact canon. It, it's just such an it's just such a retcon. Well, well, what I mean of, is, what I, like, it, so you're right that I don't know if it like directly. I mean, it, I think it, 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 it's like you know, since it's all like memory wiped and super secret, like fine, you can technically. I don't think it technically causes that many plot holes, but mm-hmm. it just ruins a lot of the character of the Doctor and like mm. adds this element of like this un. It turns her into the Godhead. You know, it's yeah. like we don't need that. We don't need her to be the foundation of the entire, yeah. you know, race. It's much better when she's like a commoner. You know, she came from nothing. She joined up with the army, but they wouldn't even take her because she was too low class. But then she transcended that and became a time lord and then just stole a TARDIS and ran away. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. all of that is so great. Yeah. And so, like, 
iconic and so mythic, whereas she's a she's, she's a, the special uh, one. She's the special, and they took her DNA to make everybody, and she's millions and Did... millions of years old. We thought that she was only you know billions of years old, but she's. <laughs> Trillions and quadrillions of of years old. Yeah. Do do you think that some part of this was, like, an attempt to explain, like, why the Doctor can regenerate more than 12 times? No, I think that this entire thing was solely so that um, Chris Chibnall could say, I did the first Asian Doctor and the first black Doctor (sighs) and the first... Woman I did doctor. All, I did all the, the doctors. Well, well, no, I, I actually think this is probably some, an idea that Chibnall has been kind of working on since uh, since the show can- was originally canceled. Because when the show was originally canceled, the showrunner that was working on it was working on like this big master plan to reveal that the Doctor was one of the founders of Gallifrey, mm. um, and, and like it was like a big fan frenzy and a lot like there was a lot of fan fiction and speculation written about it. Um, so and this so, literally is just Chris Chibnall's fan fiction. Yeah, from so so I, I genuinely think that that's where he got the idea from initially. Uh, from my understanding, it was more that it was going to turn out that the Doctor was one of the founders, along with Razalon and Omega, uh, and that he got like either he knew about it or didn't. I'm not entirely sure, but um, I just think it's a memory wipe. It's such an easy, convenient plot thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I th- and I think it's dumb. I, I think the Doctor does work way better when. It is the story of uh, this kind of mysterious figure who, you know, we don't fully know why, but they chose to ran away, uh, run away and, like, explore the universe and and find themselves in that and become this, this kind of mythic uh, person, even though they started from a more humble beginning. Right. I mean, this was something that a lot of people had a problem with with Moffat, was that he would introduce um, mysteries and then he wouldn't fully resolve them. He would give more information, but he would never fully resolve a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um but that was what I liked about him. <laughs> and what well, I don't like is this, which is well, they I mean, introduce a is... mystery at the beginning of the season, and then at the end, there's just a bunch of exposition saying everything you know is wrong. Yeah, but because... I mean, this does raise like almost more questions than it answers. You know, it's like, okay, well, what is the doctor then? Like, where do yeah. they come from? You know, like it, it okay, definitely fair. propels it a lot a more questions. And Chibnall has claimed that he has a five-year plan. I hope that doesn't mean a five-season plan. Uh, God. But, it's um, already been three years, right, since he started? But um, this this might be uh, the most be tyrannical done, five-year plan in history. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, uh, created yeah, specifically I mean... to, to torture you, Victor. Yeah. Well, no, I, I actually kind of enjoy it because I've given up on the show a while ago. So I'm just enjoying, <laughs> I'm just enjoying the the fan fiction, like for my book. No, I mean, th- I definitely feel more engaged with the show now than I did last season. I mean, oh, compared yeah. to Grand Score of Kolos, this is miles better, leagues yes. and miles. This is even yes. this is even better than like Name of the Doctor or maybe even like Wedding of River Song. Like this is. A- I don't think it's better than Name of the Doctor personally, and I definitely don't think it's better than Wedding of River Song. But I am a Moffat stand, so <laughs> like, yeah, uh, you, know, I you don't can know. disregard everything I say. I'm, but- I'm, I'm a Moffat stand too, but I, I I'm just saying I I had I've been having fun with this season, but I also don't. In my heart of hearts and in my head, I have to not consider any of this canon because it just is terrible. (laughs) 
it's it's like really fun garbage, you know. Yeah. Like it's well, it's just. You're I right. think that it's, like what makes it different from, for example, the War Doctor reveal, which was also, you know, it redefined the canon. It was kind of a lazy introduction. Uh huh. You know, it threw off our numbers, which everyone was really mad about. I recall at the time. <laughs> Talk about um, throwing off your numbers. Well, now, well, now, well, I guess Ruth is like Doctor Negative something. Negative a billion. We don't even know how many regenerations like there have right. been before like now. Because the Doctor that we know, the first Doctor, is still the first of this memory chain or whatever. Right. But but what makes it different from the War Doctor is that. I don't really get how this even affects the doctor on an emotional level. Well, it really doesn't. Like, that's and, and the thing. <laughs> they address it. They have her, like, freak out. And then and have she her starts saying, like, wait, but how could I not know about my past? You know, this is terrible. It's like, I don't know what I, I could have done terrible things during there. But she's never been concerned with, like, her past immoral actions. She's always been the most morally secure doctor of any of them right she, she's always right thus kind of the least interesting she's never felt like she had to atone for the previous doctor's sins mm-hmm. that's never been a part of her in any way so yeah. why would she have to have to well, atone this... for the sins of doctors from literally before her memory wipe when she was <laughs> part of the cia on gallifrey Right. And, and, you know, it's all resolved with one, like, pep talk from Dr. Ruth, and then she's like, ah, brain blast, and breaks out. You know, like, that, like that's the whole thing. You yeah. know, it's nothing. There's no space given to the character to try to actually, you know, cope with any of this, but then also, you know... There's nothing to really cope with. Like, and the master right. is like, And even if she will, did feel like she had to atone you. for some of that, like, what well, one way to do that narratively is to have her self sacrifice. But right. as with every single time that she's offered to self sacrifice, at the last minute, a random side character who was written in just to die runs in, grabs the death button, and says, It's okay, oh. doctor, I'll kill myself instead. And the, and the doctor's, doctor's like, like, Okay. Cool, see ya. Love a good bomb. Yeah, no, <laughs> and then it's, it, off. it's really bad, because it's just, like, they set up, they they build up this whole thing, of like, oh, man, this doctor who's, like, been so morally righteous is about to, you know, kill people in cold blood, and she's gonna blow herself up in the process, and it's just like, ah, oh. no, she'll just hand the decision off to someone else, and her hands just remain clean, and we're not gonna really engage with it, and whatever. Yeah, um, it's disappointing on... <laughs> Many levels. I I was kind of excited because I was like, oh shit, are we gonna get like a regeneration? But no, like nothing. <laughs> no, nothing there. we know that we know that she's in for the next one. Do you want to talk about the uh, the cliffhanger? Oh, What's I the... forgot about that. That you're doing. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, such a they good do the what thing. I forgot. Uh, it's kind of interesting. It kind of reminds me of Rick and Morty season. All two. right, Doctor, you're going to jail. <laughs> Get in the fucking yeah. cop car. You're going to jail. I kind of liked that. 
Yeah, I think well, we fun. did it already. Yeah, but it's fun. I know. Well, we haven't seen the Doctor. Have we seen the Doctor in a maximum security prison? We've seen the Doctor like trapped in the Pandorica and like stuff like that for a little bit. We've but... seen a trapped right. Doctor. So many I mean, a time. that was like a master plan by like millions of different species working together, and he gets out of it in two seconds. Yeah, but this right. meanwhile, this is like, oh, it's prison in space. Yeah, but this is Jody's <laughs> there's doctor. bars on the windows that I, glow. I will say, I would not complain if the entirety of the first episode of next season is just like Jody hanging out break. in a prison and then like doing a prison break I'd kind of be into that I feel like dude wouldn't it be awesome if like Captain Jack is in the prison that uh, would be amazing yeah, so I mean, I, I or 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 like, what if uh, what if Rivers in the prison? Oh my god! Because you know? River was in a prison. That's but great. It's a different one, I mean, but I've you know, been, Chris doesn't care about continuity, so David disagrees <laughs> with me on this. But I think bringing River back for a Christmas special is something Chipman would absolutely do, and that the fans would go pretty bananas over it. I think the fans would go bananas over it, but if the Captain Jack cameo is anything to you know go by, it would be nothing, you know. Like, he might bring her back, but it would be, like, two scenes, and who knows if she'll even see the Doctor. Like, <laughs> It's just that Chris, I don't think Chris has any nostalgia for River, because he never wrote a River episode, no, or but did he, anything related to River. But he isn't, I mean, he never yeah. wrote a Captain Jack episode. He's, he's Wait, just... wasn't River part of the dinosaurs on a spaceship, or no? No. No. He, oh. he's just, he wrote in a bunch of random side characters. Oh, as that's he right. Really does. Cleopatra but does love fan service. And, like, what could be more fans? Like, the fans would go bananas over a, a lesbian kiss between the Doctor and River. Like, that, that would... I that mean, would, yes. They would fucking love it. And we haven't seen Jodie... Uh, like, we have not ex- uh, uh, explored, really, in any significant detail other than... Like the fact that right, she... I th- this is something that we said back yeah. last season yeah. was that they're trying to avoid touching sexuality with a ten foot pole. Yeah, <laughs> they have not made anyone flirt with the doctor in any way. Well, that's not and true. And the doctor has not flirted with anybody. This season, there was the flirt. I forget with who. There was a flirt. A Tesla. The, yeah, wasn't Tesla. It? She she wants to bang Tesla, and then the guy <laughs> in in the Cyberman episode, the horror Cyberman episode. Uh, wants to bang oh Byron Lord. Oh, yeah. well but Lord Byron him. wants to bang Lord literally Byron. anything that moves so you yeah. know it's right. not so much it's like it's like having Jack you know Jack yeah. Harkness hit on her yeah I mean yeah. I would say the closest we've seen to the Doctor's sexuality being explored at all is just the vague maybe sexual tension between her and Nicholas Tesla um, yeah which is a shame I think they should address it uh, just you know be comfortable with it have the Doctor have yeah. romances as every other Doctor in the modern series has had. So what are we left with when it, when all is said and done? Season 12 as a whole. Better than season 11. Much but better still, than it, it's. I will say this. It's got like three times the ambition that season 11 did. But it's still kind of a mess. You know, like oh, that's my summary mess. of it. It's like, a huge mess. Nothing... But- Nothing really cohesives. Nothing is really connected to anything else. There's a lot of episodes that are basically just the same message all at once. Uh, you know, there's no real character development, but they sort of make, like, gestures towards it, which, you know, they're at least trying, yeah. I guess? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We have two... <laughs> Two environmental episodes, like, right close to each other. Two episodes about spooky horror, but that mm-hmm. aren't scary right next to each other. Yeah. And then we've got the Cybermen, the Jadoon, 
no, nothing is introduced that feels new. It's just a yeah. rehash of some things. You know, we yeah. always I always criticized Russell for relying too much on the big baddies. You know, mm-hmm. every season it would be the Cybermen or the Daleks or the Master. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's nothing compared to this. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. No, I mean, I think this season is pretty objectively nonsense. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> it's it's hot, hot trash, and it's dumb as fuck. But I enjoyed the shit out of it. I I was so happy to just enjoy episodes of Doctor Who again after mm-hmm. season 11, which was so devoid of any fun and joy. Just no joy. So overall, I I think this is a win. I'm honestly excited to see what Chibnall thinks, like, thinks out next, whatever garbage comes uh... out of his mouth. Uh, yeah. Like I, I, I want to see what he does because he just does stupid shit, but it's kind of fun. Like I, I, I respect someone who just like okay, they realize they did a really bad job with season one, and they just put out their fan fiction out there. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I did, there is some some circularity to the season in that in the beginning, the Doctor pretends to be a spy for MI6, and at the end we oh. find out that she used to be a spy. So next season's going to open up with. When you're a spy, it's going to be Doctor <laughs> Who burn notice. Oh my god! I I'd watch it. I'm, Can we I'm get the, the the like the old fat guy from Burn Notice to be a companion? <laughs> oh my god! You mean god. fucking? Uh, um, oh god, I forgot his name. Bruce Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah, right. I don't think he's doing anything. The- what I I want to know what was the the best episode for you this season worst episode for you? Um, hmm. the spy file think... opener was probably the worst part. Like that that yeah, like, it just really or Orphan Fifty Five. Yeah, for me it's Orphan Fifty Five. Yeah, that 55 was the worst. the worst one. And the best easily fusion of the Jadoon. Easily. That's probably the best one. I also did actually genuinely enjoy the Timeless Children, even though it was the dumbest shit. Uh, <laughs> I, I just had fun Right, but at least, it. but like the fusion of the Jadoon also wasn't the dumbest shit, yeah, yeah. you know, because yeah. they hadn't completed the thought yet, yeah. you know? And so it's, it's the sort of potential. like, you know, how um, when a good man goes to war episode is like not that bad, and then... Uh, Wedding of River Song is terrible because yeah. it right. has to resolve all the plot <laughs> yeah, threads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would agree with with those. I I still do have a big soft spot for Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. That one, I think I could probably yeah, definitely. You know, but I mean, I, I compared think, to Fusion of the Jadoon, can't be. And I don't think there's anything worse than Orphan Fifty Five. Mm. I mean, I mean, Can You Hear Me was pretty Praxius dull. Praxis was really terrible. bad. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I enjoyed about half the episodes and did not enjoy about half the episodes. I enjoyed yeah Nicholas Tesla quite a bit. I thought Nicholas Tesla. It's was... Nikola Tesla. I'm sorry, it pisses me off every time you mess <laughs> you it up. You say Nicholas. Uh, Saint Nicholas Tesla, uh, <laughs> our Lord and Savior. Uh, um. The Jadoon one. I I liked Can You Hear Me because I'm just a sucker for like st- st- silly shit like that. Uh, I like the Cyberman <laughs> one, and I like I liked the second part of the finale. The first part of the finale was also all right. So yeah, I guess I liked about six out of the ten episodes. Yeah, I I think I, the I think... future of the Jadoon is passable. That's <laughs> I... that's as good as it, it gets. I I would rank this season below season seven, honestly. 
I enjoyed There are this a lot of things that I really like about I, season seven. I think you might be right. I um, I think and I stopped watching after season seven, so <laughs> it's it's hard to compare it because it's just season seven came right after season six. And season six is kind of a mess, but it's pretty it's it's like decidedly much better than either of the seasons we're just well, season six is a solid season yeah, it's a, it's it has a solid right. about six or seven really solid yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so seven was just a huge drop off in quality whereas season 12 right. was a increase in quality so it's hard for me to compare it <laughs> i i don't imagine i'll be re-watching much of either of them to be honest i i think the only one of these that i would re-watch is nikola tesla's night of terror that's that's the only one I would. But go I just back I feel like I remember everything that happened. Like, what am I rewatching for? Me what too. am I going to discover I that I didn't before? There's you know, nice when clip. I go back to season seven, despite it being all crap, it's all stuff that just like escapes from my memory within a second because it's so bizarre and out there. <laughs> this all felt very formulaic. Even Nikola Tesla, even Fusion yeah. of the Jadoon. I mean, I it, it was a it was a know. formula that was different, but it was formula nonetheless. I mean, I think. There may be some recency bias, you know, like you yeah. all saw the you saw these <laughs> yeah, the, over the past I, I few weeks. When season seven, right, but I know that I like this better than season eleven. Yeah, but I don't remember right. when I saw season but seven. Like, I, I, I I like I saw it week to week and as each episode came out I was just like so disappointed with it and I really lost interest in the show. This mm-hmm. revitalized my interest in the show, so Yeah. I'll say no, that I, agree I, with I that. was willing and, to And I'm very grateful in. for this season, but I do think it is Maybe the second worst season of New Who. I I, I was be. willing to tune in just to see, you know, what bonkers nonsense happened next. You know, like I'm in of it course. for the spectacle. Um. So yeah, that that's that's all I've got. <laughs> any any final thoughts from you guys? I I think if they can get a new set of like if they can just get widow down the companions to just one or two of them, or get a new set yeah. of companions. And if they can actually fucking figure out what they want Jody's doctor to be, which I think mm-hmm. they're sort of starting to get somewhere, maybe season three can actually, like, season three of Chibnall's Who can actually be good. Maybe. Uh, we'll find out. Yeah. Because I, I think if... I don't know if there's any hope, but there's always a will. But... And when there's a will, <laughs> there's a way. Where there's money and profit, there's another season of Doctor Who. I want a whole season dedicated to Ryan's basketball career. Yeah. Let's do it. I want a whole season about how Yaz becomes the world's best cop. Yeah. I'm into it. And Graham gets cancer and dies. (laughs) Oh, my God. That didn't come back at all. Remember? He was like, oh, doctor, I'm really scared I have cancer. And she's like, sucks to be you, man. I don't know. I thought he was going to tell Yaz that he did have cancer. But then he didn't say it. No, he was just like, you're great. And she was like, oh, thanks. Also, the doctor could theorize, like the doctor probably going to cure cancer. Like they have access to all of time and space. Probably someone has figured out a cure. One time she cured every disease by pouring all the medicine into a shower and spraying the zombies with it. So I guess maybe her dilemma and her awkwardness is stemmed from the fact that she knows she could cure it, but she doesn't know if she should offer to cure it because maybe that's. Yeah, but it it. seems like maybe not a good dilemma. Yeah, no, I mean, you should just cure it. You should just cure it. It's fine. All right. Well, we'll we'll be back next season to talk through all the nonsense and chaos that is sure to to be there. Um,
tune in then. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. Brain Blast. <laughs>